Well, GMP fans, in honor of Michael Bay's franchise, we're covering Transformers, a franchise in disguise. Transformers, these movies make me cry. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk, we talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Guilty movie pleasure. What's happening? Yes. I don't know. Just keep introducing goofy human characters. Oh, man. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, all 25 fans, five of you real, 20 of you bots. We're very excited. We're very excited. We're not even going to dick around today. Uh, no, no dicking no around. No dicking around because I have five pages of notes on this we movie. We have a strict no dicking policy no today. <laughs> So I, uh, I I wanted to see Transformers the last night before today's episode. I haven't had a chance to because I want to see it in IMAX. And mm-hmm. since the movie's so fucking long, uh, I can't see it. I've never been able to schedule. Uh, it's almost three hours with trailers and everything. Yep. Uh, it's shorter than uh, the last one, though. Transformers uh, Age of Extinction. So it's getting worse is it's what you're getting, saying. Something's happening. But here's the thing. Uh, before we start getting into any of this, I remember seeing the first Transformers movie and loving it, thinking it was awesome, seeing the second one and absolutely hating it, mm-hmm. and then seeing this one, like the last week it was still available in 3D, because I was like, well, I heard it was shot in 3D, whatever, I'll see it, and be like, oh, it's pretty cool, because it's really easy to rebound from Revenge of the Fallen. It's it's such a low bar to, to hurdle over. You can't. You really can't get much worse than Revenge of the Fallen, the second one, because mm-hmm. it's a clusterfuck of... Makes no sense. His mom's high at the campus and that awful, awful stuff. What I will say about these movies, and even this one, Tony Morrow, shout out to Tony. He he actually tweeted us a video review yeah, well, that he, I 100% agree with. He tweeted at both of us, but then he addressed only you in his video. <laughs> so, Thank you, Tony. So Address this, Jesse this as well. podcast is not for, <laughs> from my perspective, not for Tony. <laughs> Well, I'm I, just kidding. I love you, Tony. No, but I, I actually agreed, and I think I even retweeted it saying I agree 100%, which is that the first hour and a half or so is real hit or miss for me, but then that last battle in Chicago from the car chase on is like classic Bay, uh, the rock Bay, style. When you say Bay, do you mean B-A-E? Like? I mean like before any, anybody else. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a classic before anybody else Transformers movie. Yeah. No, but I mean there's some really awesome shit in the action sequences, and, and they're fun, but this movie has... Every single Transformers movie that I've ever seen after the first one, because the first one was just kind of like a fun movie, mm. has had equal moments, well, at varying degrees, of moments where I'll go, and I text you this, where I'm, I'm watching this, and I'm like, fuck yeah! And then, like, two minutes later, I'll be like, fuck you! To the movie, because it's just like, it just... Every... Oh, there's so much I love, and so much I hate about these movies. Sure. But... I still keep going. I still keep going. The last one I thought was abysmal, Age of Extinction. It was two hours and 44 minutes of Mark Wahlberg being like, I'm an inventor. I'm from Boston. I invent things. I'm an inventor, all right? That's the worst. What? That's the worst. Was that Mark Wahlberg? It was more like a lazy Christopher Walken. Was that Channing Tatum? (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, I'm going to keep rambling about this. I want to get into the movie. What did you... You had never seen it. I had never seen it. I saw the first one. Did the second one kill it one. And the second one, I was completely out on. Yep. And I the writer strike did fuck that one yeah. up a little. A little. I mean, more Bay. Yeah, before anybody, before anybody else. else. Um, but yeah, it, it, there's a lot of conflict for me in this, as far as like, like you said, there's a lot that works and a lot that doesn't, and there's just no, there's no 
filter. It's just like I want to do all of these things, and it's not and cohesive. No checks and balance. And it's very it, like it just feels like a spoof of a spoof yep. of the original. Yeah. Um, it just it's, keeps getting broader and broader. It's and broader. as if President Trump directed a movie. Yeah. It's, it's like as if President Trump directed a Transformers film. Is what this feels like. A little bit. Yeah, it it's also just like all like, over the place. It feels like Zack Snyder. If Zack Snyder was a total dick, like Zack Snyder movies and and um, his movies have a style to them. Sure. They look really cool. They don't have a lot of substance, but at least like I feel like he's trying to some degree, especially with like Watchmen. I feel like he was really trying to service the the comic, the graphic novel. And same thing with 300. Batman v Superman was just kind of too many things. But I always feel like even though I don't necessarily really dig Zack Snyder stuff, there's at least some things that I'm like, oh, there's something there. This, I feel like Michael Bay, ever since Bad Boys 2, and I posted a, a thing for a Twitter poll on there, when did Michael Bay start just giving the middle finger to the audience? And I really think it started with Bad Boys 2, because as much as I love Bad Boys 2, it's fucking, the, the thing that is, blows my mind that we'll get into in this movie, and Bad Boys 2, and a lot of his stuff, human life, there's no regard for it. There no. are countless moments in this movie where I'm like, Human life. Talk about like rebuilding your city's infrastructure, like <laughs> roads, buildings, bridges. We'll get into it. Ev- like everything goes down in this. For the writers out there, um, uh, screenwriters out there, Michael Bay, I feel like has never heard of Save the Cat, which is where you give the hero a moment <laughs> to do something heroic, and then the metaphor is saving the cat to make the audience go, "That's why I'm rooting for you." It's like every single chance he gets, it's like, mm, fuck it. Well, Just forget the cat. It's it's a problem because, like, I could ask you right now who the hero is and who would you tell me? I guess Optimus, but not really. But not really, right? I it's would say either Optimus or Bumblebee or Sam. It's one of those three people. But none of slash that. Bots. Sam's a dick this whole That's movie. That's the whole point. He's of, a dick. Like, <laughs> the, a lot of the inconsistencies come here. Yeah. It's because they, like, try to put him in this position of of saving the day and like yeah. swooping in and being this underdog but he's so entitled and dickish to everyone, everyone. that it's like he's like don't you know I saved the world you saved the world twice fuck you alright yeah he always has this kind of like this is my Shia LaBeouf in this movie right or is that Channing and Tatum that was I think that might have been Channing Tatum doing <laughs> a Shia LaBeouf impression um, but oh, yeah shit. it's it, the, he's so unlikable in parts and he's just like has so much yeah. Like he he lives in a two story, what would you say, like million dollar loft in yeah. the middle of the city that he pays he nothing for. Bitches about he it. has he, a model girlfriend. Makes no sense. He's only been out of school for three months. He has a presidential medal. Like go fuck yourself, man. Yeah, fuck you. Like he is the epitome of uh, what is that? What is that? Uh, uh, that thing where you're entitled and it's oh, fuck. I'm gonna remember it. It's a disease. Okay. It's a disease. Uh, cancer. No, 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 no. Okay. No. It's then a disease I don't know. where you you you. You feel so entitled that you feel like um, a lack of... Oh, damn it! We have it in our show. I'll have to text Renee. All right. Renee knows it. Munchausen syndrome. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Anyways, whatever. Well, I'm getting off track. Let's do the plot in under three minutes, because then I want to get into this clusterfuck of awesomeness and terribleness. Because right. I love parts of it, but I'm telling you, Michael Bay, what it is is he has nobody, and I know, I, I'm pretty sure this has been documented, he has no one saying no to him. Yeah. Because... He at least Warner Brothers sometimes checks Zack Snyder. Like Michael Bay, because his movies make a billion dollars, he can do whatever the fuck he wants. He can have in Bad Boys 2 them drive through a shanty town where we're supposed to think that it's all meth labs and no people live there, but like 
There are probably people that they were driving through with these Humvees and Highly stuff. likely. And they, they do the, like, throwing cars out of the back of a truck <laughs> on a freeway. Yeah. In this, this one, like... the freeway chase in this one, where the Autobots uh, get chased down by the Decepticons, and then there's no single moment where Bumblebee or Optimus or any of the other unnamed Transformers that you don't really get to know right. tries to save anyone but Sam. There's hundreds of other people dying on this freeway, and they're like, fuck, we gotta save Sam. But the best <laughs> it, and the best is we never see the aftermath of it no. we like you know you watch it and you're like oh see- all these people are dying and then like it's just that part is discarded like a like yeah. a zamboni comes through and just like wipes the it's whole it's just slate like clean. the mummy how we were saying yeah. how like they just shot a bunch of innocent yeah. people that were possessed by the mummy also uh just a quick sidebar if jesse and i look like we're sweating or super red-faced or, uh, or if either one of us collapse in the middle of this. It's because the air conditioner is on the fritz here, and it's starting to feel like it's... It feels like someone just crawled up above us and is going... Yeah. It doesn't feel like yeah, air yet. It's just... There's no circulation. It's just a small trickle. <laughs> so miserable. Of, like... All right. Room temperature air feels We're gonna cold do this right now. plot in under three minutes right now. Uh, so... Oh God. Here goes... In three, two, one. Okay, oh, here we shit. go. Oh, shit, here we go. It's fine. We'll go. Uh, so we start off opening voiceover, uh, War on Cybertron, and Sentinel Prime left with the last thing that could restart our world because the Decepticons are dicks, and we're super awesome. We're for freedom. And then uh, we do this, like, long eight-minute thing where uh, the moon landing was actually to find out what was up there, and they go, oh, shit, this is a big ship. And then they leave, and then we find out later on that they've been taking stuff back and forth from there. Um, and then and then I'll, Sam, I'll do the Shia LaBeouf part. Yeah. Wah, 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 I got a supermodel wah, wah. girlfriend friend that has a butt shot as soon as we start my hero uh he's a total dick to her there's no reason why he doesn't have a job there's no reason she should be dating him Uh, his parents show up in matching tracksuits in a giant rv and they have a couple jokes that land and then like 18 that fail uh uh and then oh god oh and then um, he goes on some job interviews he's fails at each one of them um he finally ends up with john malkovich where he hires him to be in the mailroom um Uh and he convinces him that that's a good idea he goes to visit his girlfriend at uh uh, this rare car museum (laughs) i guess and her boss is an accountant yep uh okay yep and she works at his this accountant's rare car museum and it's mcdreamy patrick dempsey Mm -hmm. but we forgot that the autobots are in chernobyl and they find shockwave and shockwave runs off with uh the thing they needed or whatever and just disappears and then they don't bother chasing him like nope. in every action movie where it's like ah oh, okay he just left we can't go down that hole he just drilled in the ground um we uh, uh, uh francis mcdormand comes in with a lot of bags i said she has a lot of purses yep. um she she says like you you're not important sam and he's like but i do stuff i did a lot of things and then Megatron, oh god, I feel like this is so hard to remember. Oh, Megatron sets up the plan where Optimus and then go get Sentinel Prime from the moon, bring him back. They bring him back to life with the Matrix of Life or whatever bullshit they came up with in the second one. And then... Meanwhile, the yes. Decepticons are killing off everyone who knows about the moon yes. landing. Um, so they're Ken coming Jong. after Ken Jong, but not before Ken Jong warns Shia LaBeouf. So Shia LaBeouf goes to the government and he's like, I know what's happening yeah. here. We have to go get what's on the moon. Yeah. So they send... But the, that's right. Yeah I, yeah. I missed that entire part. Yeah, that's right. Oh, shit. One oh, minute. boy. Uh, so and then they, they bring Sentinel Prime back. Long story short, it turns out that he was actually going to betray them. He blasts one of the Autobots. You don't know the name of the person. I 
don't remember. It kills him. Oh, no, what's up? And then what happens is the uh, the Decepticons come in. They basically fuck everything up. Uh, they say, you got to leave, Autobots. And the Autobots go, okay, I guess we got to leave. And they go up in a shuttle. The shuttle explodes. Chicago is wrecked. They have all these pillars that they're trying to set up to bring Cybertron back. Do you want to take this? Or uh, you yep. Um, Do it. And, then, yeah. and so they they are trying to shoot down the, the main thing, the main Like every column. action movie ever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and then, fuck, no. Uh, no. Okay. And, then, and then they're trying to this big fight. Optimus gets wrapped up in these chains and blah, blah, blah. And then he gets free and then he's blessed. And then Megatron's just been chilling by a building the entire time. And Rosie Huntington, whatever, says, you're just Sentinel's bitch. He goes and fights Sentinel. Optimus fucks up Sentinel. Or opt, uh, Megatron then kills Sentinel like Tony Soprano style. And then he says, we'll never forsake this planet. Credits. That's it. So... That's so it. you having trouble with who was who and screwing up the names, like you, I would consider an expert, and me not being an expert, I was like, "There's no way I'm gonna well, get this right under pressure." So I'm gonna just pass the. Ball it's back. okay. I feel like I can't tell if it's the air or my head exploding from doing that. Here's the thing, right off the bat, that drives me nuts about these movies, um, and I promise to talk about stuff I love about them too, and not just bash on them because I do, I do love moments of them. I just wish these movies were about the Transformers. That they were about the Autobots is, versus the Decepticons and not how do we throw in another weird cameo of somebody doing a strange accent or a strange character choice. There are more comedic relief characters in this movie than in a Judd Apatow film. There's like there's more every 15 minutes we meet another human character that if they were the one comedic relief of the movie, they would have been fucking hilarious. Like Alan Tudyk, by the time we get to him, it's like an hour and 20 minutes in the movie and he has some genuinely funny moments but you get exhausted from it you're I was, just like I was gonna say <sighs> he was the only one that I enjoyed I love when we get well I'm just gonna skip ahead to it yeah where they all draw guns on each other and he smashes this like old lady bartender in the face gets a gun out and then he's like holding two guns and he looks like a like a wild dog and then uh, John Turturro speaks in what sounds like fake German yep it sounds like he's like stashed Flush and douche and flush sheesh. And I'm like, no, I don't, I don't speak German, but it sounds fake. And then Dutch, we're just going to play that sound clip because it's so funny. God, what is it? It's, um, it's, it's, oh shit, I know I'm skipping way ahead, so I don't even know. Where, oh fuck it, we'll find it. The old me, do you see it up? Oh, nine, clip number nine. It's so good. I'm so sorry, that is the old me. <laughs> So he just like wrecked this old lady's face and like went like about to shoot everybody and then John Turturro sashi fashi dashis and and it just played again. It's so good. I'm so sorry. That is the old me. <laughs> like like the trance he's in drops it's, and Alan he Tudor, realizes what's so, going on. I wish that he was just the comedic relief from the beginning. He was brilliant. Um, he's super funny. John Turturro is very hit or miss for me in these movies. It's like they just let him do whatever. I don't need him. I don't need him. And and oof. Ken Jeong had some funny stuff, and then it just gets too extreme. But we'll get to that. So let's start. Let's start where we should start in the beginning. Well, okay, um, but just just to piggyback off what yeah. you were saying here, it should be about the Transformers. Yes, it should be. And about an hour of the film is. But it, then there's like night, and that's the problem with Revenge of the Fallen too, where Revenge of the Fallen is like ninety plus minutes of a college comedy. Right, it's not funny, and they they're literally in this movie. They toggle back and forth between scenes so of humans weirdly, and, and transformers. It's like it's disjointed as fuck. Yeah, and the the human part, it's it's like okay, we have the transformer story. We know like the sequence of events. We have the axe. We have the arc, and and we don't really know 
what to do with the people. And like you said, it's just comedic relief. So they, they were just like, let's just throw in a new funny bit every time. Every time. Every time there has to be something quirky. They can't just have a normal scene play out. Yeah. It, it has to be like something's off or something's wildly misogynistic, which happens a ton. Yeah. We'll get to the red cup scene because uh. that is <laughs> such a dick move. Anyways. The thing is, if you took out all the human stuff and just made this a dark war movie about Optimus being betrayed by his mentor, which is kind of what that stuff is, it's awesome. And it gets gritty. And Optimus gets gangsta in this movie. Yeah. But you you have to suffer through so much stupid shit to get to the awesome yeah, stuff. And this... I will say Michael Bay knows how to shoot. I mean, his oh, sure. everything looks like a postcard from Miami. Totally. It looks fucking beautiful. Sometimes a little too perfect, but all the all the Autobot fight scenes were very fluid. It wasn't like too choppy. I could pretty much see what was going on, which I dig. I dig all that stuff. Yeah. I just. Uh, oh. Anyways, what um, were you gonna say? I uh, well, so a, a couple things. Like I, yeah. I love the like we know it's gonna be a dramatic moment because like the sun just starts to peek in and we get that one ray of sun yep. Yep. into the dark room. Oh, it's yeah. like oh the, here it comes. It's a hundred percent bay. Yep. Before anybody else. Yep. So um, let's start off in the in the beginning. Let's play the opening VO clip number one, please, because we get this awesome Cybertron battle sequence where we get to see Cybertron. I think for the first time, if I remember right, in the cinematic universe. Yeah, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say yes definitively. Can we play that? We were once a peaceful race How good is of intelligent voice? mechanical beings, but then came the war between the Autobots who fought for freedom. And the Decepticons who dreamt of tyranny. See, see, that just gives me chills because Optimus Prime, it's fucking fantastic. Like his voice is incredible, and it's the same guy from the cartoon series, so it's it's great. It has that nest, right? Yeah, I, right? I mean, I I don't know if it's the same guy from now the cartoon series. Now I feel like series. an idiot. I'm no, pretty no, sure it is though. What, I, that's interesting that you say that because sure I yeah yeah. yeah. Um, I, I should do some had, research before these shows. It's not necessary. You just, <laughs> we just say things, <laughs> and not, fingers crossed. In this day and age, we can just say things and fix it, it later. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Tweet um, out a response. God, uh, guys, nothing matters. <laughs> we can retract it later. Can we talk about that? How oh, everything. Jesus, nothing. So, uh, no. Um, so, but yeah. what I was going to say is, there were a couple of the Transformers that I feel like they designed to fit the voice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, like the smaller ones yeah. and the more charactery ones. And for some reason, I feel like there's a disjoint, a disjointed nature of Optimus's voice and the way he moves and carries himself. He does look way more stoic, and uh, and then he just kind of comes in and wrecks shit. Yeah, like, he comes in like he's gonna be like, "Mother, fuck you! <laughs> I'm Optimus Prime, bitch." That's yeah. kind of more his action. Yeah, yeah I do agree. So great. it's that was that that was Channing Tatum. Was Channing Tatum. <laughs> Well, I, mean, I do want to talk about, so they do this montage where, like, JFK is being sent all this stuff. And it's the creepiest CGI JFK ever. Yeah. It's really unnerving. Um, and we and there's a cool premise behind this that we find out that a lot of the stuff in human history was because, like aliens in some people's conspiracy theories in, in, in our actual world, that they've been among us all along. There's, like, this theory in the Transformers universe that they've been here since the beginning and that they something crash landed on the moon and they found it and I thought that was really cool and then we have this awesome long ass transformer sound clip number two to, for the title card
He's super long. Yeah. He's super long. That's me when I put together a Rubik's cube. I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. Do you do you make those yeah. audibly? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I mean, the Rubik's cube doesn't make it. It's no, not that cool. That would be cool. If that would be a great invention. A Rubik's cube that makes Transformers sound effects. Someone get on that. But specifically, Michael Bay Transformers. Although sound the problem with that is if you're in class and you're trying to sneak okay. Rubik's cube time, you have to turn off. Yeah, sound I feel, off. I feel a little more air. Uh, so we get this whole long ass buildup about. Uh, <laughs> I wrote, did they bring anything back or just see it and go, fuck, that's a big ship, see ya. Kind of, right? <laughs> that's kind of what they do in the opening. They're, yeah. they're like, you have 30 minutes to go check this out. And they're like, Buzz Aldrin and, and Glenn, uh, fuck, I'm not remembering anything because I'm having heat stroke right here. But the two men who went on the moon for the, the first the time. Knots. The knots. The knots. Yeah. They're like, whoa. And then they just bounce. My, so what I was thinking during this was like, that's awfully risky to, like, the first time you touch down on the moon, be like. That's in front of the also, entire world. Yeah, be like, also investigate this yeah. alien crash landing. Like, don't just get your bearings and then we'll come back. It's like. It's a good point. Uh, yeah. Like, touchdown. and murdered by, like, aliens. Right. And then they're like, uh. Hello? Buzz? Anybody? Knots? Yeah. Knots? <laughs> do you remember their names? I forgot their names. I forgot their names. Knots? Uh, <laughs> it's something. God, I can't remember anything right now. because it's Neil Armstrong? So, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, you're welcome. And then, so then we cut to smash cut after the credits to uh, an ass shot of R- Rosie Huntington, uh, Rosie Huntington-Whitley. I was right. Rosie Huntington-Whitley, Victoria's Secret model, a.k.a. the replacement from uh, Megan Fox, because she said that she's called Michael Bay Hitler, mm-hmm. and that didn't sit well. Uh, but now she's in the Turtles movies as April O'Neil, and that sits well with no one. Um, here's the thing. I have a disconnect immediately when it's fine to have Sam have a hot girlfriend. Uh, like, sitcoms do it all the time. Like, King of Queens... She's way hotter than Kevin James. Like, even Home Improvement, his wife was kind of cuter than him. You know, so for years, comedies have put dopey dude with cuter or hotter girl. But when you put him with a fucking supermodel, it's like, come on. And then when you make him super unlikable for the entire... And when you show the intro of how they met, when she's like, oh, I remember the day you got that metal. And he's like, I do too. And then they show him freaking out when he meets Obama. Another CGI yep. thing. No, it wasn't no, CGI. It was just a bad they just double. like they yeah. had him turning around. It looks for like it. Jordan Peele. Yeah, or kinda. And uh and then he like comes out with his medal, sees her and like flings it around and then weirdly makes and like shoots a shoots her. Makes a shooting yeah. gesture. And he's like He's like, I got a medal. And then he breaks something super expensive in the White House. And that's how they fell for each other. And also, what was she doing? I'm. She was just standing there with glasses on looking hot so in the White her, House. So her job was to stand in the White House. And then later she gets hired to, to stand o- around. organize a rare car museum. Like, what are her skills? I, I would think, love to know because she's so successful. And I want to know what Michael she does. Michael Bay is just like, well, she's hot. Let's just do uh, things that are hot, too. Like, I like hot cars. I like hot babes. It really feels like a lot of his thinking is like, you know, it'd be cool. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, right. you know, it'd be cool. Hey, you know, it'd be cool. It'd be cool. He's gonna watch this and never cast me in any of his movies. Mm. I hope he watches this. I hope he watches it and then goes, you know what? That guy's got balls saying that about. And he'd be me. like, hey, you know, it'd be cool. You know, it'd be cool if we put these two guys in. <laughs> <laughs> They'd be great comedic relief for the seventh time around. Transformers six. So, uh, <laughs> can we play clip number three? Because this is how Rosie Huntington Whitley's introduced. My hero uh, needs to wake up. Uh, I'm sorry, I almost vomited. <laughs> My hero needs to wake up. 
you know what's never happened to me before, and then we can riff on this, yeah. is me being asleep and someone from across the room gently coaxing me awake and me waking up. Yeah. That's never once happened. Uh, yeah. You know, um, things no girlfriend has ever said to me, ever, or wife. Yeah. This one. Can we play it again? My hero needs to wake up. It just feels like the beginning of a porno. Yeah. It's like she's not talking to shy of the human, but maybe like... <laughs> Every adolescent boy in the audience is like, Oh, I got a bummer yeah. from oh, that Oh, my underwear. hero's awake. My hero's awake. <laughs> we don't even need to riff on it. We have too much stuff. So we already talked about Ridiculous. The mom and dad show up in this RV with matching sweatsuits. Right. Maybe the mom and dad are under contract, but like they were as unnecessary in this film mm-hmm. as... Um, I don't know, the red cup. There's, like, there's they no were point. so unnecessary no here. Point. It was just to have them come in and say a few goofy things. She brings out a book about, like, how to give Rosie an orgasm. Or yeah. Carly is her name in the movie. So, like, how to give his girlfriend an orgasm. You're like, what? I get that you're trying to be funny and appropriate mom, but just, like, I feel like they just, Michael Bay just lets all these comedians go off. I guess. And then they just keep it all. But, like, keep in mind context. Like, their shtick works when he's an adolescent at home yeah. and he's stuck there. Yeah. But when they're following him around, it's like, yeah. I this isn't working anymore. No. Don't, we don't need it. We understood it. We got it the yeah. first time. Let's play clip number four, because this is one of the jokes that the mom says that actually cracked me up. It doesn't change in anything. It's a collector's item. I got it for steel. But it's dead Trust me. No, I think it's darling. It reminds me a lot of Bumblebee. Bumblebee weren't a sad piece of shit. (laughs) (laughs) That's such an unnecessary line, but it cracked me up. Bumblebee was a sad piece of shit. It has nothing to do with the movie. No mom would ever say that. Yeah. And she, like, it it sounds like that was, like, an improvised take, and she just bailed on her idea. (laughs) She was like, it looks like Bumblebee if you were, I don't know. Uh, They'll never use this. The piece of shit. I don't know. But, like, the visual is already there. We don't need that joke. Yeah. So, you know, it it got a laugh, but, like, we don't really need these people at all. We talked about how Shockwave comes out in Chernobyl, and Shockwave looks rad. It's it's almost like a Tremors uh, uh, Decepticon that comes Mm -hmm. out and fucks a ton of stuff up and then just gets the. um, It gets, gets one of its limbs cut off and then just bails, and they're like. We can't follow it. That's my Optimus Prime impression. That was really nice. Thanks. That's all I can say is we can't follow it. And strangely, like, that voice fits you more than Optimus' (laughs) voice fits him. And then there's the pterodactyl Decepticon who goes and kills the other dude and then just flies off. And this is one of the first of many scenes where something happens and then it's a hard cut to something completely different and tonally different. And we never really, like... This major incident happens where the guy who led the Autobots to Chernobyl gets murdered. There's no follow-up to the Autobots going, oh, shit, what happened? It just goes, cut, Sam doing goofy work, interview montages. And you're like, well, just don't do this. Keep going with the Autobots. Right. Keep doing Because I like that. Because this movie is called Transformers. Transformers. Not Sam Witwicky. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and all the names are so overt. Sam Witwicky, there's, uh, what was, and even in the, in the new one, Cade Yeager is... Mark mm. Wahlberg's name. No one's name is Cade Yeager. That's why they did it. They like makes no sense. They didn't want to. They didn't want to pay homage to any particular person. So, so we talked like, about John Malkovich, super tan. Also, another character, Unne- completely unnecessary. So unnecessary because he's in it for this one scene, and we'll get to it. But let's do the red cup clip where he gets super mad about a woman. Mind you, this would have been funny if it was a dude, but because it's one of the only females on the floor. It's kind of misogynistic, and by kind of, I mean extremely. Just listen to this clip. Five? Yes, Mr. Brazos. 
Um, why is Chantel using what appears to be a red cup from the red floor when we are on the yellow floor? It is a visual and therefore a visceral betrayal. Stop it. Such a dumbass. Disgusting. Jesus. Thank you. And then she just cries and, and runs she off. She runs off crying, yeah. The fact that he says, such a dumbass, disgusting. That's Scott Krinsky, by the way, who's like a well-known comedic actor who was in Chuck. He has one line. Yep. And he walks by and says, that, such a dumbass. barely audible. And you're like, why Why are there all these great comedic actors just thrown in here? Just like... I don't know. Um, maybe the movie was four hours long. But also um, that, like... They didn't really establish him enough to be like he, he like he sends one of his goons to tell her to change the cup and that would elicit a reaction of like crying and storming out of the office. <laughs> his character makes no sense. Yeah. And let's just cut ahead to um so we let's we'll just skip ahead a little bit cuz um we got a lot to cover where basically Frances McDormand comes in, she's even quirky. She's great in it, though. I like her, but she's even quirky. She has a lot of bags. Like, there's even a joke there where she can't just be a hard ass. She has to have a lot of bags, and, and her assistant be like, which one? She's I, like, the chartreuse one or whatever. I don't know if you know this, Ben, but women love handbags. In, in Michael Bay's world, it's one of their women favorite are either hot things. or they really love fa- uh, uh, handbags, or they don't know they're colorblind. Yep. Women are colorblind in Michael Bay's world. And very sensitive. Very sensitive. Very sensitive. So <laughs> God, Michael Bay. He's, but it's so crazy, because, like, Technically, his movies look fucking awesome. It's just they're filled with so much just ridiculousness. Yeah. Which is part of... Uh, after a while, I just kind of give into it and laugh. But um, so they go to the moon. They get Sentinel Prime back. <laughs> and and then they, they bring him to life. Uh, oh, and then... So that happens. They bring him back. Then Ken Jeong shows up. Yep. And he's acting super weird. And there's this amazing unnecessary but funny joke between him and this other comedic actor who's on Silicon Valley and he was on uh, Eastbound and Down. Ton of stuff. I can't remember his name. But there's this awesome elevator fight interchange because uh, Ken Jeong knocked a binder out of his hand in a scene that before that. I didn't even remember, but he's been stewing on it. Can we play clip number six? I'm still stewing about that binder incident, Jerry. May I finish my Shuhua milk? I don't care about your exotic milk. I care about respect. <laughs> what? There's no need for that. There's, There's, but I, I mean, I do agree with the philosophy. Yeah. I don't care about your exotic milk. I care about, I care respect. about respect. Same. You know who Hashtag same. You know who doesn't care about respect? Michael Bay. Michael Bay. <laughs> so then, so Ken Jong, his idea is he needs to tell Sam because he knows who Sam is. He needs to tell him what's going on. So he he confronts him in the stall, but in a goofy way, like. There's no way he could have just been like, hey, I know shit. I need to tell you. But instead, he mounts him on the stall, spreads his legs, then whips out the thing that has all his documentation of this big uh, Decepticon plot from his underwear. So you even get like a joke where you think Sam's going to get mouth fucked or something. You're like, what is, what is, why is all this ha- as, as funny as that is? There's nothing funnier than a good old mouth fucking <laughs> joke. This the threat of a mouth yeah, fucking. Oh, yeah, not actual mouth fucking. <laughs> Those aren't those aren't funny. The threat of a malfucking. But all of these jokes could work if it was like sparingly. But because you've already been pummeled with like by like minute hour. Oh god, forty five minutes in already, and nothing's happened. Here's here's the other problem: is like the even the jokes are inconsistent. Like mm-hmm. it goes from slapstick to conversational yep, humor yep. to like smart and witty yeah. to visual like they're just so they hit yeah. so many different genres of humor yep. that even even the shticks 
are confusing. It gets super broad in moments. Yeah. Like when Ken Jeong, he gets attacked. After he tells Sam, he gets attacked by his computer, which is the pterodactyl uh, uh, Decepticon again. Uh-huh. And he's like, I'm fine! And he's doing like this really broad humor. He gets fucking thrown out the window. And this is one of the first of many instances where Michael Bay shows that there's no regard for human life. Because this is John Malkovich's response to that. Clip number seven, please. Come on, people, yes. A workmate died, but looking out the window is not going to bring him back. The man was depressed. Don't take a picture. You can keep washing him, but he's not getting up. You all read Humpty Dumpty. (laughs) Well, what? (laughs) First off, how did he know he was depressed? Secondly, minutes, not even seconds later, the pterodactyl thing comes out, starts shooting up the place. John Malkovich is seemingly killed because he gets blasted off into, like, a bookshelf, and then Sam just runs down the hall, and then the scene again cuts to him driving with his girlfriend to Nest headquarters. And you're like, wait, why didn't you cut some of the comedy and show me how he got, make it an extended chase sequence through the office right. and like how he got out? Because did, did that pterodactyl thing just go, ah, curses, I can't go down hallways. This is, this is how the Transformers <laughs> react to anyone running away. <laughs> They're just like, just like ah. oh, damn. I was ready to battle right here. <laughs> not in a not in a new place. I can't. Yeah. Oh. My skills don't travel. And then Agent Simmons comes back in, Taturo's back, and then when he finds out that Megatron's back in business and shit's gonna hit the fan, we're skipping ahead a little bit because I have five pages of notes in seventeen minutes. Clip number eight, please. Tell Megatron, let's tangle. <laughs> So that happens. Okay. I don't even know what to do with that one. Okay. Tell Megatron, let's tango. I mean, I'm sure there's a joke in there about a DJ in Vegas named Megatron, and I just wanted him to play some tango music. Yep. Uh, there so, we go. There. Fill in the blanks. So, fill in the blanks Mad there. libs, you guys. <laughs> but then Alan, Alan, Alan Tudyk's introduced, and he's one of my favorite characters in this movie, and I wish that they focused on him. I would be fine even if Totoro gets kind of on my nerves a little, if he was introduced like 30 minutes in, and then he was the comedic relief with Alan Tudyk. Yeah. For the rest of the movie. So there's moments in here that I love where I'm like, yeah, like, I'm sorry, that's just the old me. I love. But then there's moments where I'm like, no, why are you whipping out your pants and, and straddling Shia LaBeouf in the... Oh, God and, damn and it. So, and then just like a couple of other slapstick moments when Shia LaBeouf is um, pretending not to be jealous of McDreamy. Oh, and they get that through the car shot of him oh. just like laughing hysterically, trying to cover his insecurities. <laughs> like, where did that come from? <laughs> yeah. That yeah, makes no, no sense. There's no reason why Rosie Huntington-Whitley wouldn't be like, mm, fuck you, you're kind of insecure. McDreamy is an accountant who has an exotic car collection. Yeah. Because that makes sense. Right. And he has me. They're in a building, supposedly, I guess, a showroom where people come look at them? I guess. What do people do there? I guess. I don't, I don't know. know. So then, Do you have to pay admission? How did he get in there? So we're at the point, finally, where Tony said that it kicks in, which is which is where I agree where uh, finally the Decepticons show up and the betrayal happens and there's this awesome freeway chase where shit hits the fan. There's like, they're going... <laughs> and then John Turturro's thrown out of the back of a limo for no reason. Yeah. It's at like 60 or 70 miles per hour. Yeah. And he's just kind of like... Uh, he's later like, on, okay, he, just wheelchair bound. Yeah, later on he just has like a cast on his leg. Pretty sure that would have killed him. Uh, they totally bleep out an F-bomb by Shia LaBeouf. I rewound it twice. Really? Where he's like... Drive, Bumblebee, fucking drive, or something like that. They bleep out. You see him say "fuck," and it's it's like the audio cuts out. It, but then PG thirteen, um, dude. Then there's people just getting. There's cars. The Decepticons are throwing cars with people in them. Never does an Autobot go. Wow, gotcha. They they knock over the sign. 
it's just, like how are people gonna know how to get exit? where they're Come going? On. Come on. It's just rude. Bumblebee, there's a part where Sam gets thrown from the car. Bumblebee transforms and grabs him and then saves him, and Sam has a hilarious scream. Can we play clip number 10? You know what? That was a uh, that was me after getting through this entire movie. Where uh, there were parts where I was like, "Yeah," and then there were other parts where I just went. So uh, when the fifteenth comedic relief character came out, that's how I reacted. That's how you reacted? That's dramatic. Um, I I was walking outside before we started, and it's like. I don't know if you know this. It's a heat wave. It's super hot super outside. Hot it's yeah. so hot. And I was like, that's cool. The studio will be air conditioned. And I walked into the studio and I was like. <laughs> so uh, the thing I wrote down that's interesting is then the Decepticons show up where Sentinel Prime is. And he was going to betray them anyway. So he could have just betrayed them and skedaddled. They didn't need to be there. And the Decepticons have a Mexican standoff with the guys. And they all lower their guns. And then the Autobots just brutally rip them to pieces. Mm-hmm. Like, and because they're, this is in the first, this is, this happened several times with the Autobots, because they're machines, we're like, ah, cool. But on their world, they're living creatures. So imagine if, like, Batman and Superman were like, Joker's goons were like, haha, let's put our guns down. And then they just ripped the arms off of the goons, shoved them in a car, kicked them into a warehouse, and it blew up. Which, by the way, that was somebody's computer store that they just oh. kicked in there and blew up for no reason. Support small businesses, Come on. Michael Bay. Come on. I know it's not Jesus. an Apple store. But, and then Optimus shows up late all the time. He either shows up just in, just in time or completely late. He's and this is the like scenario, to make an entrance. This is the scenario where Sentinel Prime blasts one of the Autobots in the back, like just not even trying to be covert about it, just in front of everybody. <laughs> And then starts fucking up everything. They steal the one pillar they need, or the pillars they need. They need him to set up to bring Cybertron back. You find out. Uh, and then, God, I think they just they cut to another scene with the parents after yeah, all this. Yeah. Like we get we get this crazy betrayal, awesome action scene on the freeway, and then we're like, the last thing we needed right now was goofy parents. What are you doing? And a joke about why you broke up with her and you need to make her come. Right. Yeah! So here's. Sorry, I just That's get okay. so angry. No, let it all out. You were just like, uh, <laughs> clip 10. Not the parents! Oh, here's, so... That's and that's the last time we see the parents, right? Yeah. That's the end of their. Well, I think he says like you got to get out of here later on. He calls them. Yeah. But if if you can't figure out a, oh, shit. a like eleven minutes, a, a satisfying way to yeah. exit your characters from a movie, you don't need you don't those need characters. Yeah. Yeah. If you're just like the last time we see them is doing like a bit in their RV, yeah. they're so unnecessary. Oh yeah. If um now I'm like blanking on what's the who's the boss um oh, john, malkovich. john malkovich when john malkovich the last time we see him he just, he's in the apartment and, and then he's, he's like, like ooh, ooh, see ooh. you later and you're like wait you're like what? what yeah why do we have him no like we could have very easily just 
opened the movie on <sighs> Sam in the mailroom. Yeah. We didn't need any of no. the stuff. He could have been miserable in the mailroom. We didn't need any of that. It could have been a two-hour movie. It could have been about the Transformers. Oh, yeah. And that's all. Because every time it's about the Transformers, it's awesome. When, right. Me when Megatron full-on blasts the Lincoln Monument like a dick. That and was then, so good. And I then was... he sits up there in the, in the chair. It's so awesome. I almost texted you because I was like, how did he only blow up Abe Lincoln and not, <laughs> and not, the, not chair. the chair? That's amazing. <laughs> he set it to just like the perfect blast yeah. to just blow up Lincoln. And then uh, McDreamy gets all pissed. And, and we find out that McDreamy, a.k.a. Patrick Dempsey, has been working with the Decepticons because he inherited this from his dad. His dad was working with him. And he's like, well, I have to, too. They're going to kill us all. And can we play clip number 11? Because he gets really pissed when Sam turns down his job offer. So you show a little respect when someone offers you a job. You know, that happened to me. Did Recently, um, somebody was like, hey, do you want to do some uh, non-union background work? And I was like, well, A, I'm, I'm SAG. And right. B, I don't, no offense, I just, I'm not trying to be an ego about things. I, I don't want to just stand in the background and just, just stand there and pantomime clapping. Yeah. And this person went off the handle. I won't say who, but it rhymes with Schmeichel Schmey. <laughs> and he just was like, so you show a little respect when someone offers you a job. And then I was like, all right, I'll stand in the background. Well, okay, sir. here right. I am. Here I am. He was like, you know, it would be cool. If you look in, in Transformers <laughs> the last night, I'm just in the background terrified. That was your last night. <laughs> your, <laughs> your last night is yep. a non-union background. Yep. yep. <clears throat> um, why is he using non-union? I don't know. Um, just made it up. <laughs> true oh, story. You, what? It was a true story. It was based on a true story. Um, <sighs> I was I was actually at a stoplight the other day, mm -hmm. um, and some guy just started squeegeeing my windshield, and I was like, "Nah, man, I'm good. I like I'm I'm can see fine. I don't have any like ones." <laughs> um, and he like told me to roll down my window, and I rolled it down. And he yelled at me. So you show a little respect when someone offers you a job. You know, there was a, a massage parlor I went to once. Hell and, yeah. And, and it was really relaxing. Tweet out the details later. It was, it was later. so nice. And then they, they were like, flip over. And I was like, cool. And they start getting a little too close. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm like, I'm good. I'm good. Like, I'm not, I'm a little bit of a germaphobe. This is kind of weird for me. Um, I don't know. You should wear gloves at least. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they were really upset. And they just looked at me and they were like, so you show a little respect when someone offers you a job. Him. <laughs> and, you, and you were like, I tried to slip hand okay. in there. So I mean, that's what they do. They, did. they try and slip <laughs> hand in there. Um, I was so, and then after this, we can move on. But I was uh, working. Please, I was working at a restaurant several several years ago, um, and we had an applicant come in who was actually the brother of um, Apple founder Steve Jobs. Oh yeah, he was yeah. Chris Jobs, and yeah. he was just looking for like he came in looking to be a bartender, but he had no experience. And we were like, "Well, you can host, yeah, if you want." And he just like crumbled up his resume and he threw it in the air, and he was like, "So you show a little respect when someone offers you a job." He's referring to himself yeah. in the third person. I like that. He's like, all right, yeah, a <laughs> hey, Jobs, yeah, a hey, Jobs. <laughs> so let's skip ahead a little bit. So um, the Decepticons take over and they 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 threaten to bring Cybertron to Earth. They threaten to destroy Earth if the Autobots don't leave. And so, of course, the logical thing for humanity is to say, our only hope, I'm sure these bad guys, as soon as the only people who can defend us leave, will let us be. Probably. And Optimus Prime drops some after-school special knowledge on Sam right before going in the space shuttle. Can we play clip number 12? Remember this. <laughs> you may lose your faith in us, uh -huh. but never in yourself. <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It doesn't fit that moment at all. It doesn't fit that moment. And also, like, 
has Sam not believed in himself? Like, he's the cockiest piece of shit. Like, <laughs> he's the most entitled he's asshole. Talking to the wrong dude uh-huh. here. Sam's like, no, you guys can go. I got this. Yeah. It's so ridiculous. So then they leave. And then, of course, the Sam has this device on him that's going to blow him up and kill him if he doesn't find out their plan to fight back. And Optimus says that instead. Then the shuttle's destroyed. We find out later they hid in one of the compartments. But then they hide for a very long time while the Decepticons, over the next 20 minutes, destroy Chicago, kill millions of people, destroy buildings, destroy infrastructure, destroy houses, bring down these pillars all over the world to bring the whole thing is they're going to bring Cybertron to Earth to make us slave labor on Cybertron. I don't, I don't understand. Here's what I don't get. Please tell so, me. So does Cybertron, if it comes to Earth, does it just knock us out of our atmosphere and take our atmosphere? Or do, do they like transport us up to Cybertron? And if so, does Cybertron have an Earth-like atmosphere? Or do, also like, do they bring the metals... What gravity? What, you know what I mean? Like if you get masses that are that big next to each other, to, yeah, um, it's disaster. It would also throw off our rotation around the sun, it, which we rely on. The Decepticons um, didn't really think this through. Yeah. Uh, the other thing here: how is that going to save their planet? Here's here's what I was thinking the whole time. Yeah. Why? So they have these columns, mm-hmm. and the main one they decide to put in Chicago, yeah. a major metropolitan. With lots of, of people. Yeah, and, of, but this teleports you, right? This takes yeah. you anywhere you want to go? Yeah. Why not go into the middle of nowhere where they're not destroying? Do you know what I mean? Like, they've killed a bunch of potential slave laborers. They've also ruined a lot. Like yeah. I said, a lot of our inf- infrastructure. Yeah. They've made it easy for people to gather and fight. And to hide. And to hide. Yeah. Um, it just doesn't... It didn't make any sense to me. Like, they should have just put it, like, over the ocean yeah. or something like that. Like in Man of Steel? Because yeah. they did that with the oh, I didn't see it. Yeah, but like, and all these movies, put it in all an... these movies have some beam of light hitting the sky that they have to. I love that out of the hundreds of pillars, if the the one gets destroyed by Bumblebee and the right. whole thing gets fucked. So this is I this is like my main pet peeve of science fiction is like when they create a fake solution to a fake problem. Yeah. And it's like, here's a fake problem, and we have the only way to stop it is to do this one thing. It's surprisingly like, easy. Why is it? Why is this such huge evil? But there is always exactly yeah. one way to stop yeah. it. Yeah. Why, if it's so evil, why don't you just create a perfectly evil thing? Yeah, you know it's so mean? bizarre. It, that happens constantly. Know. Just create a so, network where they have to destroy all of them. So millions die. The Autobots show up. Uh, they wreck a couple of Decepticons. They literally just tear them apart and they go, they say something like, oh, we're going to rip you to shit. And they're just, again, p- imagine if Batman showed up <laughs> in Dark Knight Rises and just started ripping Bane's goons' arms out. You'd be like, oh, oh fuck. So anyways, can we play clip number 13? Because Optimus isn't fucking around anymore. We will kill them all. All right, all right. So, again, if this was a movie just about Transformers and uh, Autobots versus Decepticons, and you see... Optimus go from this upstanding, freedom-loving hero to kind of a murderer yeah. and dark and having to do this for a reason to save humanity and to save his his uh, race, you'd be like, fuck yeah, but it just feels kind of like mean. You're like, Jesus, all right. And then he tell this is his justification of why they hid. Can we play clip number uh, 14? Your leaders will now understand. Okay. Decepticons will never leave your planet alone. No shit. And we needed them to believe we had gone. For today, in the name of freedom, we take the battle to them. Yeah! Oh, 
okay, okay. Sort of. Sort of. And then they, then the next thing is he's like, we needed the element of surprise. And the very next scene, Bumblebee and Sam crash into where they're they're keeping his girlfriend hostage, mm-hmm. save her, and then Patrick Dempsey runs off and goes, Autobots are here. <laughs> and so it's like. All these people just died so you could just save the girlfriend and then immediately blow your cover. Yeah. Immediately. Because then the next thing, uh, they, um, they're they driving down and Optimus loses his flying jetpack that's in the back of his, his trailer. And he has, they have to distract um, uh, uh, Shockwave, which then they brutally murder Q, the scientist. And they're like, they shoot him like six times and murder the, the other Autobot with their space guns. Save your bullets. And then they... Then they um, then they finally start fighting back, and Shockwave has this awesome scene where the humans are coming there. Fuck, we have so little time to cover like the best part of the movie. Damn it! Do we have any extra time? Even two minutes? What do we got? Yeah! yeah. All right. So this at, this final battle sequence is fucking awesome because the humans are trying to get uh, uh, to a high vantage point to shoot down the tower. Yep. So they go in this building. Shockwave sees them. Shockwave sends his tremor transformer up. And the, first they shoot the building. This is the hardest building to destroy. Because they blast it, it starts tipping. The thing creeps up and basically like boa constrictors it. And there's this amazingly way over the top, two drawn out sequence that works still. Where they're like sliding through. Uh, first the, the Decepticons come in and there's just like a scout. And they run from him, and their brilliant idea is to jump out the windows yep. and then slide down the side of the building, shoot the glass again, and fall into another area. Yep. I love it. I, See, this I is loved the kind of this stuff, whole sequence. This is the kind of stuff that I will forgive its ridiculousness because I fucking love it. Yeah. It's so silly. I mean, this is, but this is what Michael Bay is good at is yes. being creative with his action, with his yes. action in his environment. Yes. Like using what he has to make, to make something we've never seen before. Yeah. I've never seen that. I've never seen so many people falling and sliding out of a, no, in a building. I also think like they were way. like way too hard on the guy who was supposed to shoot the column Yeah, because, and Shia LaBeouf goes up to him and he's like, if you don't shoot it, we're all going to die anyway. And he's like, yeah, but I'm still like yeah. under attack. Yeah. So this is a little nerve wracking. How about the parachuting guys? This is another example where they're all getting, the helicopters are getting shot down and they're all coming in like uh, gliding in. Yeah. And there's one dude that gets caught on the helicopter, and, like, six of his buddies just fucking bail on him. They, they just <laughs> run out and go, like, there's a guy, like, oh, shit, oh, God, and they're just like, see ya, and then the helicopter blows up, it's, and you're like... It's no man left behind except... Except that guy. Except in hang gliding. That guy was, that guy was a dick. <laughs> guy, Let's be honest. That guy, he took people's food out of the fridge, even <laughs> though it was labeled. No then, one liked him. Then Starscream shows up, and there's, uh, there's Optimus Prime doing a deus ex machina. He's always there right in time. He... Bla- he kills Shockwave. He cuts Shockwave's Tremor Monster in half, and then it just dies pretty easily. But it's awesome because he's like flying up. He shoots through the building and he goes through and he chops the thing in half, and it looks cool as shit. And then um, Sam's fighting Starscream, and he shoots him in the eye with the thing, and he's getting flung around. His arm would have been ripped off by that, sure. by the way. He was getting flung around like crazy. And then he shoves the bomb in the eye, and he's still stuck there. And of course, Bumblebee shows up just in time to save him. Where the fuck was he this whole time? He was waiting for that moment. <laughs> he's, just wait, he's just saying in the mirror, Sam's got it. Sam's got it. <laughs> he's nope. like, I know, I know my role here. It's so it's ridiculous. To wait this out. And then I was then um they're about to execute Bumblebee, and then um 
the 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 robots in in space start tear, the little tiny ones have been up in the mothership. They start tearing shit apart, and the ones like, yeah, we gonna die. And then the thing just crashes. That distracts them long enough for them to. Bumblebee has an amazing sequence there yeah. where he puts on his armor mask and uppercut shoots one of the Decepticons through the face, and it's fucking great. And then Megatron, I actually wrote right before he showed up again. I was like, "Where's Megatron been the last forty minutes? You know, since he's the main antagonist." Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, he's been sulking by the side of a building with a cloth over his head, like he's just needed a little bit of sweat, sweat break. Well, he was fooled. He was fooled. Poor guy. And then this is how Rosie. We got to speed it along. Sorry, I know I'm rushing through the best part, everybody. I'm sorry, but we got stuck on the ridiculousness. Can we play clip number sixteen? This is how Megatron is convinced to fight back. In any minute now. And that's the last thing he wants to be. Let's let's just hit a few points real quick because we have like no time. McDreamy gets cracked in the face with a cement block yep. and, and then electrocuted and yep. dies. Uh, Sentinel gets attacked by Megatron or um, yeah Megatron, and then he's like wounded. And Optimus has no arm left. And then and Megatron's like, yeah, we, maybe we can work together. Let's do a truce. And Optimus goes, nope. Shoves a spear through him, spins around, rips his head and his spine out, Mortal Kombat style. Yep. Then we have Sentinel's plea. All right, play clip number 17. I promise we're almost done. Optimus. He's oh, dragging and, like, bleeding and done. the survival of our race. You must see why I had to betray you. You didn't betray me. You betrayed yourself. No, Optimus! Just full on... Tony Soprano style murders yeah. him. Not not to like nitpick, but he he did betray Optimus. He did betray him. But I mean, I think again, he's being generous again, there, saying that he didn't. Again, imagine Joker at the end of Dark Knight when he's hanging there and he's defeated, and yeah. Batman just goes and walks off. Right. We're gonna play one. I promise. This is the last thing. Let's just play clip eighteen. This is the epilogue VO. This leaves it open for a sequel. Oh my god, there's so much to cover in a two and a half hour movie. War, there are calms between storms. You fought bravely. There will be days when we lose faith, days when our allies turn against us. But the day will never come that we forsake this planet. Except the time, except the time when you hid in a spaceship yeah. and forsa- forsaken the entire city of Chicago. Right. Other than that, oh, ladies and gentlemen, I had so much fun. I'm sorry we had to rush the third act, which is the greatest action scene of the. That part is awesome. We had to make fun of the ridiculousness leading up to it. It should have just been that. Fuck, it I should have just been. There's that. so much I love about this movie and so much I hate. I can't wait to see the last night to see how much if it's which way the pendulum swings. If you've seen last night, don't spoil it for me, but let me know generally if you liked it or hated it. What's your favorite Transformers movie? Uh, what should we do next week? I think we might be taking off because of Fourth of July. I'm not sure yet, but uh, let us know what you want to see next. Jesse, where can they find you? You can find me at Too Much Jesse Twitter and Instagram for uh, sketch. You can find me at The Prom Losers. I'm at the Ben Begley on Twitter and Instagram at Guilty Movie Guys is our Twitter handle. Follow us, like us, leave a YouTube comment, uh, follow us on iTunes, all that good stuff. Until next time, what is your guilty movie pleasure? From producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals.